the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, with me, David Orme, and Reds Pereira. Uh, we've been catching up on uh, recent events in Caribbean cricket. We talked uh, just yesterday about the ICC World 2020, um, and we've got a lot of other things to, to catch up on, Reds, haven't we? Yes, and I've got my um, legal helmet on in case you bowl of answer. <laughs> well, there's been a lot happening in the world of cricket. We really do focus on uh, the West Indies and the Caribbean, but we, we look elsewhere, and uh, I think you're quite deliberately mentioning helmets there, because as you said yesterday when we were chatting, uh, you wanted to know all about Alistair Cook's helmet. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, what's, what's the letters this morning, David? Well, the, sto- the story for our listeners who haven't read it is that uh, the ECB have brought in a new directive uh, that everybody must comply with in English cricket, to wear a specified helmet that has a fixed grill uh, for health and safety reasons. The England captain has uh, argued the toss with that, doesn't like it, and uh, thinks it has restricted his uh, visibility and refused to wear it. Um, The latest reds is that, uh, according to reports today in the the Sunday newspapers in the UK, he has backed down after conversations with with Andrew Strauss. And, um, yeah, he's he's, going to comply. Yes, you wouldn't want to lose the captaincy of England o- o- over a helmet. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's something that might have just, um, you know, got support from other top uh, players in England. So here's hoping that that is the last of it. And uh, the focus could be on what's happening in, in the middle. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, storm in a teacup, uh, one hopes. Um Mentioning Andrew Strauss there, uh, uh, Red. I believe since uh, since we spoke regularly a, a week or two ago, uh, you did an interview with Andrew Strauss. He was out there in the Caribbean. Yes, um, he came out um, with a, a, a group who had paid for their kids uh, to be coached um, in in cricket, and they chose Saint Lucia. Uh, the parents also came along to oversee. Uh, the, the coaching. Um, mm. He, of course, um, was in fact contracted to be the head coach, um, and he, he probably took a couple of weeks off prior to the English season starting. And he did say in in, in the interview he was uh, looking forward to the English summer with, of course, Sri Lanka and Pakistan coming. Uh, the experimentation with the toss, and um, you know, looking to develop. An England side, all three formats of the game. It was very pleasant to to, to have him here. Unfortunately, um, left as if he was facing Kurtley Ambrose or Michael Holding or Colin Croft. Um, got a, a plaster cast on his left arm, slipped on the tennis court, and he said that he should be, you know, in no pain in in, in a few days. Uh, but it was 
nice to be able to, to interact with him. And he worked very, very hard. I mean, you know, he just didn't, you know, go through the motions. Mm. And uh, he worked extremely hard. And he took time off uh, to talk to an English group who were also um, touring St. Lucia at the same time. And those kids were, in fact, delighted that they were able to, um, to actually chat with the England captain. Mm. No, it's, that's good to know. I think <clears throat> it's something I feel passionately about, Reds, that um, uh, the English game, the ECB, could do a great deal more uh, in combination with the West Indies cricket ball. But I think that's a whole conversation for another time, but I'm going to make a note of that. That's something I, I think we really want to uh, talk about in more depth. Uh, you mentioned the toss there. That's something that was... Um, Big news uh, in, in cricket. It's the, it's the new season in England, and they've had this new innovation whereby they've partially done away with the toss. The visiting skipper, if he wants to, has the option of bowling first. If he wants to do other than bowl first, they, they toss. What's, what's your feelings about that, Reds? Well, I think uh, we, we just have to wait and see what will come out of the wash. Um, but, you know, when I first read about it, I was a little surprised because... I grew up in my little scrubby matches, uh, spinning a, a penny and spinning a, a toss. And um, one of the things that I read um, in one column from the UK press is that um, the the board should concentrate on ensuring better pitches, yeah. and therefore there would be no fear of of, of the home advantage. Um, that's one argument about it, but we just have to wait and see how, how it goes. It'll be interesting to see what has happened so far, David. I don't know if you're able uh, to follow uh, what, what has happened. Mm. With, 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 it's early in the season. I don't know if you'll be able to follow um, what captains have done. Well, generally it's about half and half. I think at this stage of the English season, captains are never quite sure what what they want to do and uh, are happy to lose the toss. I think there was one example today of an away skipper. Um, in, it's been the second round of counter championship matches starting today of, of a skipper um, turning down the opportunity to bowl first, having the toss, and then deciding to bowl anyway. I often think skippers don't know what they want to do. But within that Reds, you mentioned bad pitches, and okay, this is perhaps not a good way of addressing the, the, the challenge of poor pitches. Is this, though, something that could be considered in the Caribbean? I, I, I don't think... For a quick answer, I, I don't think so. I, I think we, we will stay with the toss uh, for, for, for some while. But who knows? The innovation um, may be included in, in, in some format of the game. Um, some pitches in the Caribbean are known to be fairly good for batting. Some pitches are known... Uh, to be a Turner, you know, Providence, um, Queen's Park Oval. Um, we, we, I, I will say I, I don't think so straight away. No, no. Well, well, we'll see if it's a success in England, and if it is, it could be adopted further afield. Um, staying with the county championship, uh, there's Caribbean interest. Fidel Edwards has returned to Hampshire, and Ravi Rampal made his debut for Surrey Reds. Yes, and what a great start. Eight wickets. Um, Surrey is, as far as I remember, is not a, a, a great... Um, place for, for, for bowlers of, of, except where you look back at Michael Holding yeah. uh, when he destroyed England at, at the Oval but um, it's normally a batting pitch and he's it, really revived his career I think everyone was a little you know, surprised and happy that he had gotten a contract uh, with Surrey and he started very well 
is hoping that he can keep going and, and stay fit. And Philip Edwards will be looking to be a successor as he was last year because he had a number of English batsmen right uh, hopping and jumping and you know really working very hard to contain uh, the short stuff of, of, of Edwards. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as you say about Rampol, it will be interesting to see whether he can reproduce that sort of wicket-taking form at the Oval. I mean, his debut was at uh, Trent Bridge at Nottingham, um, and he took a, a lot of wicket, produced a lot of wicket-taking balls. Although I did read one unflattering report that uh, said that he hadn't lost any of his girth, uh, but uh, the man still has an ability to uh, make a breakthrough. Um, in staying in England, uh, the saddest sudden news of the week was the retirement with a heart condition of James Taylor. Reds, I mean that that shocking. Yes, that was very sad and surprising um, to read. And you know, I was hoping that there might have been uh, some encouraging news later on, where a heart transplant might have been able to eliminate the, the problem. I haven't read anything like that. And um, he probably will have now to turn to journalism. He might make a fine commentator. Who knows? But it just takes me back to the loss of a talent. Duncan Edwards, the uh, brilliant um, English defender um, who was earmarked um, to play a lot of international football um, for England, lost his life in that uh, Munich crash. And... uh, a great um, life lost in that occasion. But Taylor can look back and say, well, I played for England. I had a great career in the making. And now I can enjoy doing something else concerning cricket. No, you're quite right. And uh, we are thankful that uh, it was found before before he was uh, you know, died on the field of play or something as terrible as that. Uh, the other thing I wondered whether he would consider is uh, going into umpiring. You recall Duncan Edwards. One I think of is Frank Chester, who was a very fine up-and-coming young player before the First World War with uh, Worcestershire, lost an arm in the First World War and <laughs> came back after it to be a very young and successful umpire at the highest level. Yes, and there was a very prominent Australian cricketer called Marvin Rose, a batsman very talented um, all-round sportsman um, and uh, he in fact had a back injury um, which in fact um, took him out of sport totally but um, Australian telecoms managed to fix up a very special telephone and he worked for years doing work for radio and um, you know I got I actually met him uh, it was great and very motivating for, for me to see um, him at work, you know, because I, I later had a, had a stroke in Australia mm. and was able to use his example as a motivating force. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just before we move on, we do want to uh, uh, make mention of uh, further sad news that came out of Trinidad, where uh, a young British cricketer uh, over there in Trinidad uh, was you know, tragically murdered in the, in the street, Reds. Yes, very sad. Um, and of course, he was involved in the Chris Gale, in the Chris Gale movement in, in London. And the family is asking maybe Chris Gale if he can spare the time to come and play in a, in a farewell match, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But this morning I read where they've already raised $100,000 um, in, in a special appeal. So, you know, you know in, in, in this world, there are some 
very great human beings and it's, it's nice to see people responding that way and very very sad for someone who was hoping to come back to Trinidad uh, and and to play uh, in club cricket, hoping to one day qualify to play for the West Indies. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, to his family and uh, friends. Staying with the new season, new IPL season, Reds. We'll talk about the uh, West Indies players' involvement in just a moment. But before the uh, season started... Uh, uh, somewhat surprisingly, Harsha Bogle was sacked by the BCCI, uh, the senior Indian uh, commentator, as somebody who's uh, perhaps uh, gone out of favour, let's put it like that, Reds, uh, with the authorities as a commentator. You must have a little sympathy with what Harsha Bogle is going through at the moment. Yes, I know Harsha quite well. I worked with him in, in India and in the Caribbean. In fact, I uh, was introduced to his, his wife also, got to know his family. And, um, well, a bit of a shocker. Um, I think basically people must understand that the Indian commentators are directly, as far as I know, employed by the BCCI. Mm. And he must have said something. I think I did read of, of one um, alleged statement he was about to make or did make. And um, hence, uh, he's, he's now... Uh, totally um, out of it. I mean, you know, he was virtually their front man. Mm. Uh, still a comparatively young man. I hope this can be re- reversed or he can find employment elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but it really should not be happening. It really should not be happening. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it poses a question mark, you know. Should boards employ uh, uh, commentators and not uh, allow them the freedom uh, to call it as they see it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I confess I'm rather concerned with the standard of commentary in uh, many countries at the moment. I'm, I'm quite satisfied with the standards on radio and television in England, but uh, TV on Australia, Channel 9, is, is appalling. So much of the 2020 coverage commentary is inane and uh, frankly pathetic and uh, the involvement of boards and things in, in effectively muzzling people is, is, is a worry red as you, as you suggest yes you know when, when England were in South Africa uh, the, the Channel 9 commentary was of course bringing the international um, events there and I must say I really enjoyed the South African commentary it was mm. balanced um, it was fair. You didn't feel that certain commentators were cheerleaders. Well, um, you know, not all the Channel 9 commentators um, were as balanced as they should be. And you get the impression uh, that some of them were, were very much cheering for Australia and, and willing them to, to, to do well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, balance is very, very important in, in, in any commentary panel. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Sticking with the IPL, uh, it was good news to hear that Sanu Narayan's action has been cleared and he's going to be playing for the uh, Kolkata Knight Riders. Uh, we wish him well. Andre Russell's also playing for the Kolkata Knight Riders. But I haven't heard any updates about his missed drug tests, uh, uh, Reds, or, 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 or what the situation is with that. Um, have you? I know I've been reading uh, the Gleaner and the Observer. I haven't seen anything uh, about that whether he's had it or whether he's to have it. He's a very busy young man. And so, um, you know, maybe it's impossible to, to time down or else they, they do it 
in, in India or where he's playing. Uh, but um, that's really gone off the radar. Yeah, yeah. No. Just back to Sunil Narayan. Just back to Sunil Narayan. I was happy to see him bowling. And, uh, um, you know, my uh, armchair coaching eyes, <laughs> I just suspect that there's uh, a more um, of a shoulder coming into the, the action. The arms seem very high. He, he's not a square. He's not a square. And uh, that's the adjustment, um, you know, uh, I, I have picked up. But, of course, I mean, I, I'm no cricket coach. and don't know what was the previous problem because you, you need that to... To, to make the assessment, but I plan to call up Derek Murray or Brian Davis, mm. um, both who have played, of course, for Trinidad in the West Indies, and 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 get their assessment. Uh, but so far, so good. But the the, the the crucial time will come, David, in my um, opinion, is when he's under pressure, yeah. uh, when he's been attacked, and when he's been hit around. Um, he simply cannot uh, go back to the old habits. And he must concentrate on sticking uh, to what he's been able to adjust to. And we, we can only wish him well because, um, you know, he will always be um, a, a very important uh, makeup of any West Indies attack in the future. Yeah, yeah. Now, we'll be uh, watching that closely. And I'm sure the officials will be watching his action closely as well. Elsewhere, Dwayne Bravo's uh, Gujarat Lions, they've got off to a great start. They've got uh, three wins out of three. Um, I'm actually uh, writing about the Gujarat Lions for the first post-Indian uh, uh, website throughout the tournament. Also, uh, Lendl Simmons has come home injured and has been replaced by New Zealand's Martin Guptill. Uh, was, that, was that a recurrence of the injury he had before, Eds? Yes, and that must be worrying um, for him uh, that uh, this back problem continues to come back. And, um, you know, he's got to get it right. He just can't rush very quickly into play as soon as possible. He, he really must rest and, and, and get the, 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 um, the kind of treatment that, that he, he needs to get. Um, he's been, he's um, been replaced by Martin Guptill, hmm. who just days before was announced as the Guyana Amazon Warriors captain in, in the CPL yeah. and made statements that he's you know, looking forward to working um, with uh, Roger Harper, the coach of the Guyana CPL franchise. But I must say, if you look at the lineup of the Guyana Amazon Warriors this year, it doesn't look to be as strong as previously or just my take, of course, let's all remind ourselves that cricket is played on turf and not on paper. <laughs> but um, Martin Gupta will have to do a lot of batting. He will have to lead uh, from the front and hope that the experience in the team, the other experienced players like himself, really hold their own, both with the bat and ball, if they're going to compete against the other CPL countries and do as well as the Amazon Warriors have done in the past. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, one player they have, are going to have uh, this year that was announced this week, uh, Shimron Hetmeyer, the uh, uh, victorious under-19 skipper. Uh, one of six players, Reds, that um, from from that under-19 squad that are going to be uh, playing in the tournament or parts of the, the squad. Uh, as I say, Hetmeyer for the Guyana Amazon Warriors. Azari Josephs is with uh, St Kitts and Nevis. Gidron Pope is with the Windward Island Zooks. I'll come back to that in a moment. Anderson Phillip with Trimbago Knight Riders, Shamar Springer with Barbados Tridents, and O'Shane Thomas with Jamaica Talawas. I found it interesting, Reds, that uh, in the, the release, the Gidron Pope playing for the Winwood Island Zooks, 
No longer St. Lucia's Oaks. Yes, um, that has quietly come about. Um, yeah. We probably need to hear more from the CPL. Um, so I wouldn't want to say too much more, but uh, that seems to have, have been taken away from what was traditionally linked to, to the, the, the name of the Zooks. Mm. Um, a good experience for the six young players, you know, even if they don't actually get many games, uh, and I hope they will, um, the, the, the whole experience of, of, of being around and going through the practice and going through the drills and, and uh, the practice matches, I think it will be good for them. And against the Hatma, I think he's got a head start. He's had a number of, of games for the four-day team. He seemed to be able to play just about every form of the game. And, of course, he got, he, he got 100 on his return, uh, batting at number three, and it wasn't a slow 100. It was a very attractive 100. But um, I, I'm looking forward to, to the young men doing very well. And who knows? You, you, you might see um, Azari Joseph um, in the lineup. In, in, in the Tri-Nation, you just have to wait and see until that that is announced. Oh, I, I, I do hope so. Just to go back briefly on, on the Zooks, uh, it was something that Peter Miller, the uh, cricket writer who was out, uh, covered the draft. Um, I spoke to him on a, a special edition podcast of uh, Willow in the Windies. He picked that out and pointed that out at the time, that at the draft... They weren't billed as St. Lucia Zooks, they were just the Zooks. So I think there was something in the planning stages then. And as you say, we need to dig a little deeper on that and see what the implications are. Um, staying with the, IP, uh, the CPL and implications, more has come out in the last uh, week about Dr. Vijay Malaya, uh, who bought the uh, Tridents um, a few months ago. Uh, he claimed that he purchased the, uh, the Tridents for a mere 100 US dollars. And in this weekend's papers, it's been said uh, that his dipl Indian diplomatic passport has been withdrawn and proceedings are underway potentially uh, to try and extradite him on criminal charges. This doesn't sound very good for the CPL, does it, Reds? It doesn't sound very good for the Barbados Tridents. Uh, I wonder how that information which is obviously now um, available in Barbados, how that is going down um, mm. to the Barbados cricket fans, to the um, the franchise, uh, you know, which controls uh, the, the Tridents. Um, there'll be no statement coming from anyone um, re, uh, whether he did purchase for $100, etc., etc. We just have to wait and see how this will pan out, especially as we get near to the start of the CPL, but it, it does put a number of question marks on the table. And, um, you know, here is hoping that um, at the last minute they find themselves um, without um, the financial backing that, that he had promised. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we were talking just a moment ago about uh, the, the Zooks and no longer being the St. Lucia Zooks. Uh, but uh, the stadium in St. Lucia, that was one of the things that came out of the uh, magnificent 2020 World Cup win. Uh, it's been named after Darren Sammy and uh, one of the stands after Johnson Charles. Um, well, yeah, um, and it was announced as uh, Charles and, 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 of course, Captain Sammy arrived back on St. Lucian soil. And uh, my latest information is that um, both players, um, Darren Sammy and, and Johnson Charles, will be in fact touring 
offering 30 St. Lucian schools um, as as a program um, to motivate um, uh, the the children. I'm sure it will include um, not just playing cricket or playing sport, but also working hard at your your, your books and your exams. But uh, that was announced um, yesterday uh, that uh, that will be uh, a program that they have committed themselves uh, to do um, as, 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 a, as a give back. And, uh, you know, earlier in St. Lucia's cricket history, the Victoria Park uh, was renamed after the, the attacking St. Lucian and Willan Islands batsman Mendu Phillip. And, um, you know, now we have two grounds that will carry the names of, 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 of St. Lucian cricketers. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I would add to their plans is uh, I would hope that they would consider... Uh, within their media stand or media area, uh, including the name of Reds Pereira, who has done a great deal for that island's uh, cricket and sporting coverage. I said at the start of the competition, I was wearing my legal helmet, <laughs> and uh, I managed to get on to that, played no shot. No, I think that <laughs> is really um, for the outstanding uh, St. Lucian journalists over the years, um, I, I, I don't think uh, um, that I should qu- qualify for that. Whatever I have done, I have done quietly and happy to make whatever contribution that, that I, I, I've been able to make. Yeah, no, absolutely, Reds, and you, you, you've always been consistent in that. On my behalf, on the behalf of people of St Lucia, on the behalf of Caribbean uh, cricket watchers and listeners, I hope anybody with any influence listening to this programme would consider sincerely uh, attaching your name, amongst others, uh, to uh, the media centre, media facilities there. Uh, before we end, Reds, uh, uh, I just want to signify a, uh, uh, an anniversary of sorts that we recently had. It's just been exactly 40 years from um, a turning point in West Indies history, uh, the West Indies home series against India of 1976. In the third test of that series, series one nil to West Indies, uh, India produced a world record uh, at Port of Spain, chasing down uh, a target in excess of 400, probably the second time in Test cricket history uh, to win that match. Off a spin that led attack, it must be said. West Indies in the fourth and de- uh, fourth test, the deciding test. Clive Lloyd changed tactics, went in with four fast bowlers, won the match. By the end of it, India were in retreat and had no less than five men absent hurt. That's, what were your memories of that series, Reds, uh, and how you covered it? And was this really as big a turning point in West Indies history as I seem to suggest? Well, I think basically um, when the declaration came, we all felt that there was enough spin in the Port of Spain track uh, for the West Indies to go on uh, to get, get, get a victory, um, but uh, fairly young um, spinning combination. Um, I think you had one um, senior member who had some experience, mm. and you know one must give uh, the Indian batsmen credit for really applying themselves, being very very patient, pacing themselves also really well, and not getting too far behind the, the required rate. But it was a a blessing in disguise. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't happy that, um, you know, India virtually um, had to declare the innings close. But that led to uh, a very great period where 
uh, Stephen Bowlers hardly got uh, a chance to bowl, and um, you know the the era of of, of the four pace bowlers, um, you know, included in in eleven started and and continued for a very long time, very successfully, and some of ICC members since then have actually used it sparingly. And of course, to go back to, to long time ago in '54. Um, I think England played four quicks in the West Indies in one test match and did that in Australia in in the Ashes series. I think the fourth bowler here was Alan Moss, who came in and, and, and joined the, the, the other three bowlers. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely fair. Um, it wasn't a new thing to play four fast bowlers. England did it in the Bodyline series of 32-3. They only did it in one test match, played four fast bowlers. Ironically, it was the one that they lost in that series. Uh, so Verity played a very big part of the slow left armour in, in the rest of the series as England won. People tend to forget that and think it was all about uh, Larwood and Rose. But Clive Lloyd's frustration at that that lack of cutting edge that he, that he had... Um, really did change his tactics and his mind. It was it was only a few months after the battering they took in Australia, and it was the basis of the selection of their sides for the next ten, fifteen, twenty years, wasn't it, Reds? Yes, and um, I, I think basically that seventy-six um, tour, we were missing a young fast bowler. I mean, they had invested various wisely in in, in, in Michael Holding. But if we'd had a, another young backup fast bowler, um, because you know Van Manholder and Keith Boyce, um, you know, were getting just beyond their age hmm. and could maybe complete an entire day without leaving the field, and um, you know we, we were just short of one backup fast bowler. But that's all history now. Um, Australia played very well and we, we were beaten. But maybe we learned a great deal in that loss. Now, Andy Roberts will say that if you had ICC umpires neutral, <laughs> the outcome would have been totally different. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there's always a great deal to learn uh, from history. And I think it's always useful that uh, you and I take a moment to, to look back at those important points in West Indies cricket history. That's all that we've got time for uh, this time. Uh, it's been uh, good catching up with you again, Reds, and uh, I'm glad that we're going to be uh, getting back into our regular routine of uh, uh, generally uh, once a week. Um, I want to thank you for joining me, and uh, if you can uh, thank our uh, listeners. Yes, all the Caribbean listeners and uh, all the new listeners who are joining us. Uh, anyone who wants to pop us an email, please do. We'll be happy um, to link you with the program. Um, and, uh, you know, here's hoping that uh, we see um, a great um, series upcoming between the West Indies and India that's being formalized now. And we hope that uh, the North American summer will bring a lot more cricket since, you, of course, you had the Masters playing there and, of course, uh, the outstanding performance by the West Indies, young the 19, the women and the men that should see more Caribbean people in the North American world playing cricket. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, uh, those American games in the CPL 
Um, we'll confirm those dates with you uh, probably next time. Um, I just want to add to uh, to what you were saying, Red, that this podcast is now available uh, for people on iTunes if they want to subscribe to us. Um, I'm delighted that uh, we finally managed to work out how to do that. Uh, I have not the most technical of people, but once again, I'm indebted to my wife, Christine, uh, for putting us putting us to a wider audience, Red. Um, that's it. And uh, I hope that uh, our listeners on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever will uh, be able to join us again next time. This has been The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, with me, David Orn, and Reds Pereira. Goodbye.